It's time for This Week in the Big East, a comprehensive look at the teams, coaches, players, and the story tradition of the Big East Conference. Here are your hosts, longtime conference play-by-play announcer John Rook and Big East author and sports writer Kevin McNamara. Welcome to This Week in the Big East. It's our weekly look at the teams, coaches, players, and stories from the schools comprising the Big East Conference. I'm John Rook with Providence Journal beat writer and author Kevin McNamara. And congratulations to the Villanova Wildcats with an unprecedented fourth straight regular season Big East men's basketball championship. And even if they didn't get to 16 league wins, as KMAC predicted a little earlier. So let me ask you this, a wise one. Uh, do the Cats have what it takes to win not only the Big East tournament title next week, or better yet, how about successfully attempting to defend their national championship of a year ago? Can I cop out and say I need to see the bracket first? <laughs> no. No, no. I'm not going to let you off that easy. I would be surprised if they can defend their national championship. I would not be surprised if they can make it back to the Final Four. Uh, we've talked about Villanova all season long. Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, you know, big-time you know, guards and leaders and clutch-time players and yet they've overcome their Achilles heel, which is lack of size. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about that you know, throughout the Big East wars. It really hasn't hurt them all that much. Uh, the key, John, is, is the bracket and is the matchups and the chance to go to Madison Square Garden for the East Regional, uh, obviously assuming that they can get through the first two games. That's got to be a big advantage for the Wildcats. So uh, it, it's set up for them. You know, last year we, we thought they were going to Philadelphia. That didn't happen. They went down to Louisville and Things went pretty well down there, so maybe the site doesn't matter much, but uh, the uh, you know to be able to play at the Garden this week at the Big East tournament, and then maybe be back there in two weeks, it has to help Jay Wright's team. I, I would think so, um, but you're right. I think about one aspect, what you just had to say. Villanova is going to find that this field is really wide open, and so if the Wildcats, for some reason or other, have a down moment, which they managed to avoid a year ago. But this could be the year where that could really come back and bite you, and some good teams are likely, I think, to go down early. You know, John, I vote for the uh, top 25 of the Associated Press, and, and it's been pretty easy to come up with the top, you know, three teams. From four on, it's really hard because from week to week, everyone's losing. We're not seeing the dominance uh, that you would normally would in maybe the top eight teams, you know, the, the two-seed line and above. Uh, I think it's going to be really hard for the committee – to seed this field this year because, again, outside of maybe the top three teams, and I think Villanova is in that top three, it is wide, wide open. So that that really sets up second-round games on really difficult across the country. Well, we're going to spend some time throughout the the program this week going through what we know and what we don't yet know and when it comes to seeding as well for next week's Big East Tournament at Madison Square Garden in New York. And what we do know, Nova, as we've just talked about, top of the list, followed by two-seed Butler, which, by the way, beat the Cats twice this season. St. John's is the eighth seed. Georgetown is nine. DePaul is ten. That's what we know for certain this weekend before Saturday's regular season finales are played. The rest of it is just postgame confetti. Kind of we don't know where anything's going to fall just yet. I- any thoughts about going into the week with so much of a jumble between spots three through seven? Well, if you tell me that the seven seed is Xavier, you know, Xavier obviously is sliding big time here. They need wins. They end the regular season with a must win at DePaul, and now they'll play, uh, boy, they'll play DePaul twice. <laughs> because, yep. they'll play because they're going to play DePaul again on Wednesday night in the if they stay seven. Yeah. So how strange is that? You, yeah. you know, to, to kind of write your season, you have to play the same team two times in within uh, five days. It's right. pretty bizarre. And, and open the Big East tournament with Georgetown St. John's. Not too bad. Nope. 
traditional uh, battle. Traditional right? battle, and, yep. and then the next day, uh, as it's been throughout the uh, you know the last three years, NCAA tournament teams going head to head right away in those quarterfinals. That makes it really, I think. An outstanding opportunity to get to the doubleheader and play and, and get to both of the doubleheaders, the uh, morning session or the after, in the early afternoon session and the evening session because of the implications of the games. Yeah, and really the most important day of a conference tournament, you know, obviously a championship is a champion, but the most important day is the quarterfinals because those eight teams this year, uh, you know, they're, they're fighting for their NCAA chances. And there's a chance that they all get in. There's a chance that, you know, a couple need to win in order to advance. I'm going to give you a little while just to think about it, but I am going to peg you for what you think will happen next week coming up. So, you know, put your stocking cap on there and think a little bit, right? It's it's brewing. I can smell it. <laughs> if you've got questions about your team or those you follow in the Big East, fire away. You can follow us on Twitter, at JR Broadcaster and at Kevin McNamara 33 and tweet your questions to us, especially when it comes to considering NCAA tournament spots, using the hashtag TWITBE, TWITBE. For this week in the Big East. Our Big East spotlight this week shines on the head honcho, the Grand Poobah, the commissioner, Val Ackerman. Now, as the conference gets ready for its 35th annual uh, garden party, for lack of a better phrase, next week in the world's most famous arena, where does the league go from this point forward? Celebrate? The NCAAs? Potential expansion? Well, it's all on the table next. This week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight. To walk these classrooms, these fields, these courts, is to walk in the footsteps of legends. Villanovans who have built a legacy of success, both in and out of the classroom. Bound by tradition, humility, and our commitment to each other, we are stronger together. We are fearless, relentlessly pushing ourselves to victory. We believe in Nova Nation and give ourselves to it totally, even when no one is looking. We are Villanova, and each of us strengthens all of us. Big East Spotlight. Four points, Seton Hall lead 37 for Carrington. 83-79, they roll it out to center court. It's stolen by Carrington. Carrington drives in, slams it home. 15 seconds to go. Carrington with a cookie topper. Don't know about you, but this season in the Big East has had some surprising moments to it as well as some of those wow moments that college basketball fans crave at this time of year with March Madness underway. And it's what you come to expect of Big East basketball. But where are our expectations from this point forward? Well, we've got a few questions, and here to answer them is Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman. Val, I'm going to start with the garden party next week. Can you fill us in on maybe any details the league is planning around the 35th anniversary of playing this thing at uh, the world's most famous arena? Yeah, sure. Well, first, it's a, it's great to be on to talk to you both. Um, it, it, it's an exciting time of year, obviously, with the regular season winding down. Um, things close out on uh, on Saturday, um, and we, you know we're very much looking forward to uh, next week. Uh, will be the 35th rendition of the Big East tournament at the Garden. Games starting on Wednesday. Um, We've got uh, some ancillary activities going on. Obviously, the uh, the games are the showcase events for us, um, but we've got a few other activities going on uh, of a promotional nature. We've got a um, um, a some opening ceremonies planned to celebrate the connection of the uh, of the Big East to the city of New York, mm-hmm. and we're going to honor some of the people who've been affiliated with the tournament over the last couple of decades. Um, we do a career networking event for students. I think that's on Thursday in the evening. Friday, we're doing our fourth annual uh, Big East Basketball Roundtable 
which has turned into, I think, a good opportunity for us to gather um, influential people in the sport to talk about current issues around the game. Um, this year we're, we're going to focus on the NCAA tournament, um, how teams get selected, what the appropriate metrics should be, and then uh, what makes March, March Madness so special as a, a sports property. That's all planned for Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock. So we've got some other things going on, but uh, obviously the focus will be what goes on on the basketball court, and I'm sure these games will be as uh, hard-fought as ever. Val, uh, obviously at the 35th anniversary, I think there's so many memories that come back to Big East fans and obviously the players and coaches who have uh, performed at and you know, at the world's most famous arena. And, you know, just New York City as a whole, it's a real college basketball hotbed. I know you live there, your office is there. Uh, the, uh, opposite the uh, Big East for the last couple of years has been the Atlantic 10 over in Brooklyn. The ACC's coming in this year. And then I, I understand you guys are helping host the NCAA East Regional at the Garden in a couple of weeks. It's really just a great time for college basketball in New York City. I, I agree with that. It's... Um... It's obviously a very large market here. Lots of things are going on all the time in New York. Um, basketball is, uh, I've lived here now for uh, for 30-plus years, mm-hmm. and basketball really is very closely followed here in the city. You've got two pro teams in the Knicks and the Nets, obviously. Um, and St. John's, of course, is uh, uh, has its own base here. Uh, I know the Johnnies are looking forward to the tournament. They've um, done some good things under Coach Mullen this year as they get back on track and um, and start to do the kinds of things that I know they're aspiring to do in terms of uh, bringing excitement to uh, to their base. So uh, this this you know this tournament will be no exception um, at all. Um, you know, and it's great to see other conferences. Um, getting involved in the action as well. So we're, again, we're excited about next weekend. To your point as well, um, I'm glad that the Garden is back in the rotation hmm. for the NCAA tournament. There was a long lull there, uh, but it got picked up again a few years ago. It was actually, I believe, 2014 that the uh, the Garden hosted an East Regional, and now I'm, I'm, I'm confident that that's going to be a regular uh, occurrence. Not every year they'll have some um, rotation for that. But we're involved with St. John as host entities, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that's going to be a, a tremendous event for college basketball fans as well. That's an outstanding bit of news as well. I, I think uh, there will be a lot of basketball fans that will appreciate the fact that the NCAA will end up back in the garden. I think it's a good step to make for, for the interest of the sport overall. Let, let's get to the, the play on the floor this year. Just from you know your sort of uh, sit back and look at it perspective, what did you find surprising about this year, and and what met your expectations about the play on the floor? Well, I'm not. I won't qualify this as surprises, but I will say what's of note to me is uh, one. You know, the continued great work of, of Villanova and Coach Wright. Um, he lost obviously two two key players last year in uh, Ryan Archie Diacono and Daniel Ochefu. Great guys, leaders, very much a part of the chemistry of the of the team that went to the national championship and won it last year but they kind of uh didn't miss a beat um so even with some injuries um you know losing um omari spellman was was uh, unexpected for them and then mm-hmm. phil booth's been hurt um for a good part of the season so so jay's been doing it with uh, not not so many in the regular rotation but i i tip my hat to them and him and the program they run, and it's been uh, very exciting to see them maintaining 
this high level. Um, I'll, I'll give a nod to uh, three of our Midwestern schools, Butler, Creighton, and Xavier. Um, all started off very, very well, um, hoping that all three get into the tournament, the NCAA tournament. Uh, I want to give a particular uh, nod to uh, to Coach Holtman at Butler, who's done a, just a tremendous job there with their program. They're, they're surging. Um, you know, all of these programs have tremendous home court venues. I've had a chance to travel to all of them, and they have very solid bases. They're, in the case of uh, Butler and Xavier, very good size venues. They're campus gyms. They're in the 10,000-seat range. They fill up every game. Um, and, you know, like many college venues across the country, they have robust uh, followings and great student support. So every time you go to a game there, it's, it's really you get to see what college basketball is, uh, is all about. And then, you know, I guess the last thing I would say is we're sort of, you know, we've got this uh, bunch, um, bunch <laughs> within the sort of the, the innards of the conference here with uh, Marquette and Providence, Seton Hall doing great work this year. All of them, we, we think, should be in the conversation about the tournament. Um, so, some bracketologists have us with as many as seven teams making it to March Madness, which would, of course, be tremendous. We've only got ten. Um, so, you know, those are the things I, you know, I've been noticing. I want to tip my hat to our great coaches um, and the seriousness of purpose that really all of our schools have about the sport of basketball. Right. I mean, this was the vision that brought the Big East together in this new form a couple of years ago, this commitment. And I can just sort of assure you, because I, I deal with the presidents, I deal with the athletics directors and the men's basketball coaches, this is a this is a conference that's 110% committed to basketball and uh it's great to see that paying off with uh, the, the quality of play we're, we're uh, putting out nationally. Just to follow up on one point you made there, Val, uh, very, very difficult for any conference to get 60 70% of its teams in uh, the NCAAs. You guys have already done that at least once with six. Seven would be, uh, I'd have to do the math, that may be a record if for a percentage, 70% of your teams. If things fall the right way, it could. Can you just talk about kind of the challenge of managing everyone's, you know, nervousness, uh, you know, heading into New York because everyone, well, seven teams anyways, really have excellent chances of finding their way in. Well, it is, um, you know, I know it's, it's very stress-inducing for our, for our programs and, frankly, a bit joyless for us, too, because, hmm. when, you know, when one wins, the other loses at this time of year, and you kind of want everybody to win. Um, but, you know, that's just the nature of the you know, the beast here, um, all these conference tournaments, they're one and done. And it, they're, so they're little mini March madnesses, you know, that lead into the real deal. And so it's one game um, um, and, and out or in, um, you know, playing at the Garden, I think, adds another exciting dimension for our, for our schools. Our, our, our ticket sales are going very, very well. For the tournament this year, um, we you know we expect great great crowds, especially for the semifinals and the and the championship game on Saturday. We've got great television coverage. Uh, Fox is putting the championship game on the main Fox network, which is its largest network, on uh, Saturday at 5:30. Um, Fox Sports One will be doing the other games. Um, Fox has got some other innovations plan in terms of different camera angles and different equipment that they're planning to use to try to experiment a little bit and, and bring fans uh, some extra dimensions as they watch these games. So um, the tournament will be 
you know, kind of exciting all the way around. And in terms of how you manage your, your teams, you just, you know, you, you just, you know, you just sort of find yourself saying, may the best team win, and this is the ultimate test. And, uh, you know, grateful that our refs, who are among the best in the business, are very experienced and, and ready to go because these are, as I said at the top, very hard-fought games, and, you know, you want everything decided on the court so in the right way. So we're looking forward to it. It should be great competition. Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman shall have a busy week next week for certain, and so will the players and coaches and hot hands are always wanted at this time of year. We've got something to tell you about next. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's hot? This week in the Big East. Be a VIP and experience select NCAA championships the best way possible with the NCAA Experience. Packages for select championships, including the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship and Men's Final Four, can include game tickets, pregame VIP hospitality access, hotels, and much more. Official NCAA Experience ticket and hospitality packages are available now at NCAA.com slash VIP. Secure your VIP package today to experience it live. Who's hot? Diallo with a rebound. Push it now for Cartwright. Cartwright, big jump hop down the lane, puts it up. Oh, the glass oh, oh man, what a shot. Holy moly, what a play by Kyron Cartwright off the glass. Travis throws it up to Fowler, who grabs the pass. Up ahead to Martin, and he slams it in. Keelan Martin got the feed from Fowler and threw it down with one hand. Outside for Foster, looks down low for Clement. He has to reverse out. Wide open three, Cole Huff. Yes, sir! Great ball movement. Great Blue Jays. 2.43 to go. Villanova with the ball and a seven-point lead. Josh Hart pulls up, left elbow, 15-footer, a swish. What a terrific shot by the senior. Rebound taken by Delgado. He pops it toward the rim, no good. Gets his own rebound again. Layup, good. And a foul. The basket counts. Delgado, relentless. Marquette inbounds the ball. Reinhardt lets it go, length of the floor. It's no good, and Providence wins! Holy moly, what a comeback! Down a dozen in the second half, and Providence beats Marquette 73-69. to They have the advantage over the Golden Eagles in the standings because they have swept the Golden Eagles this season. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. I'm John Rook with Kevin McNamara. And, Kev, the hottest hands in the conference at this moment belong to a bunch of Friars. Providence has ripped off five straight league wins at a most opportune time when everyone hopes to be peaking at the right moment for inclusion as an NCAA tournament team at the very least. That is, if they don't win their league championship outright. What do you see the Friars fitting into next week's mix and beyond? Well, you know, John, what people forget about the Friars is the schedule really turned at the right point for them. The good news is that the Big East play, you know, round robin, you know, home and home. If the right games line up against you early, you can get in a hole, and that's exactly what happened to Ed Cooley's team. Then it flips around, and they had a chance to play Butler, Xavier, and Creighton in succession. Those are games that can change your season. And then, lo and behold, Providence wins all three, and uh, and everything's good. Yeah, so they were able to win one of those on the road, two of them at home, and as you say, sometimes you can get on a roll late in the year. It can be kind of contagious. Well, a huge game for Providence to keep it going. Uh, I, I think one big chip that they can pump themselves up with the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee is we're the hottest team in the Big East and one of the hottest teams in the country. If they can win at St. John's, that would be six in a row and at worst six out of seven going into uh, to the NCAA Tournament. Did you need to take that phone call? 
<laughs> You're looking at me like, what, are we going to start this over again? No, we're not. As for the Big East Player of the Week, Butler's Keelan Martin. Hey, it happens to everybody, right? Butler's Keelan Martin reappears with the nod for a second time this season. Martin had been coming off of the bench for Chris Holman's Bulldogs. Last week averaged 23.5 points and 7.5 rebounds in an undefeated week that included Butler's second win over Nova. In that win over the Cats, Martin scored 9 points during an 18-0 run. During the second half to put the Cats away, he also shot 61% from the floor. That's straight shooting for a big guard, and maybe even in the big doghouse earlier, looks like he's back. Well, if Providence is the hottest team in the league, Butler's really close. It's four in a row, five out of six, and you know Butler has a chance to be as high as a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. They're rallying that well, and uh, you know up and down their lineup, right. they're playing well at the right time. Big East Freshman of the Week this week, St. John Shamari Pons for a fifth time. This season, Pons averaged 19 points, five rebounds, four and a half assists in a one-in-one week for the Red Storm. He is the number one freshman scorer in the Big East, averaging 17.3 points per game. That's good for sixth best overall. He leads the entire conference in steals as well. You know, a lot of good freshmen in the league this year, if you really take a, take a look at it, John. Uh, Kamar Baldwin from Butler has ha- had a really good week last week as well. Justin Patton is one of the better big guys in the country as a, as a redshirt freshman. Uh, Marcus Lovett for uh, St. John's as well. Let me throw in an emerging freshman as well at Providence and uh, Alpha Diallo. Alpha Diallo, if you, he, he, he's had the typical freshman year. He took him a while to get going. It took him a while to earn minutes, earn his coach's trust. But in the last at least you know three quarters of the Big East season, he's been invaluable for the Friars. Big East honor roll this week, earning an A grade. Butler's Kamar Baldwin, you just mentioned him, 16 points per game in his team's two big wins in the week. DePaul's Billy Garrett Jr. averaged 20.5 points, five assists, three and a half rebounds in two games, and he hit game-winning free throws as the Blue Demons beat Georgetown. Providence's Rodney Bullock may be as hot as any player in the league of late. He's had two double-doubles in the last week with the Friars in wins over Creighton and Marquette. St. John's Bashir Ahmed averaged 18.5 points, five rebounds for the Red Storm as they position themselves for a tourney run. And St. John's, or excuse me, Seton Hall's Angel Delgado, I'm not really sure what to say about this guy except that he's just big time. Delgado had his ninth and tenth straight double doubles, averaged 20.5 points, 11.5 rebounds by shooting 60%. Actually, his 13th because against Georgetown he did it as well with 12 points and 13 rebounds. There you go. Just put it down. Yeah. He's Mr. Double-Double. Unbelievable. So those guys are all going to be, for their teams to have success next week, those guys have to figure into play. No question. You mentioned Bullock. He's a really interesting player for the Friars. He was, he was the third wheel last year uh, behind Chris Dunn and Ben Bentle. And he's, he's an interesting player because he has so much ability, and yet sometimes he drifts, uh, has, a, has a bad half here or there. He's been consistent for Ed Cooley now for two weeks, with three straight double-doubles uh, during that hot stretch. Really impressive player right now. We'll talk about another impressive player coming up. Our Big East focus this week points to a precocious young backcourt in the big city that seems poised for greatness. But while freshmen Shamari Pons and Marcus Lovett have a great future, what can they do to keep the Red Storm going this season? Shamari Pons hopefully will answer that for us next this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the Big East Focus. 
As one of the country's leading Catholic universities, Seton Hall has been shaping students in mind, heart, and spirit since 1856. Today, the hall is home to nearly 10,000 students taught by world-class faculty. Our professors shine in the classroom, sharing their expertise with bright young minds who are hungry to learn. And as a member of the Big East, our student-athletes compete in one of the nation's top athletic conferences. Whether on the court or in the classroom, our students learn by doing. This is Seton Hall's moment. Be part of it. Big East Focus. Ellison, left wing to Federico. Pulls it out to Shamari Pond. Puts the left foot forward. Sets up for the three. Good! Shamari Pond has won as he drills the three-point shot here in the right angle. Ellison whips the pass to Pond down the left side of the lane. Just runner. Stop it! Good, Shamari Pond. He does it again. It's like magic to the hoop. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East, and it goes without saying, but we'll say it anyway. St. John's has had some great players over the years, including the head coach, who was pretty fair in his day, a little more than 30 years ago, I think. But this backcourt now for the Red Storm, what a future they have, even if they're not finished yet with the present. Shamori Pons joins us this week in the Big East. Now, Shamori, being a, a New York City kid, there had to have been some pressure on you when you decided to stay home, play your college ball over playing somewhere else. How did that decision to stay home help your play this year, if at all? Uh, I mean, the decision helped my play because obviously I had a lot of support behind me. Like it was my family and friends backing me up through tough times, through the good times. So it was just a lot of support down the road. Shamori, it's always great to see the Red Storm uh, playing well at Madison Square Garden. And you have a little history at the Garden with your uh, high school team at Thomas Jefferson. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Uh, I mean, playing in the Garden, like, it's just like, I say it's the best, the best arena in the world. So, like, just playing in there is like every kid don't get a chance to play in there, so just playing in there is a blessing. And last <laughs> and last year you won the uh, city championship at the Garden, is that right? Yes. How much of a thrill was that for as a high school kid to to be able to step up and do that? It was nervous, at, nervous, nervous wrecking at first. Then it was like I really did it because we was fighting over the hump for a long time. Like we really couldn't get a um a, a championship. So when we got there, I was just like I got to get one, especially at matches we're gone. Right. What is it about the garden, though, Shamori, that, that gives you the, the, the butterflies or the goosebumps, if you will? You know the history, I guess, a little more than, than most simply because you've you, you grown up in the area. But when you step on that floor and you go into that arena, what are some of the things you think about? Like just the bright light, like how many people could possibly come to the game. Like it's just like when you step on that floor at first, you're nervous. Like like as the game go by, you just got to adjust. So like that's a big arena. NBA players play there. So, I mean, it's just nervous at first. But then as you get as you get more comfortable, then you'll get used to it. What has your coach Chris Mullen told you about his time playing in the garden or some of the history about playing in the garden as well that may kind of uh, add to your overall enjoyment, if, if not knowledge? Uh, I mean, uh, coach told me basically that it was a, it was hard playing in there. Like they had some they had some um, some some games won in there and some bad losses in there. So he just told me that like this is a great opportunity for you guys. To go out there and showcase your talent. So, just leave it all on the floor. This weekend, you'll play Providence. I believe it's the seventh game of the season for for you guys at the Garden. Uh, are, are the butterflies still there, or, or is it your home court now? Uh, I mean, it's our home court, but the butterflies is like always there. Like just knowing you're playing the Madison Square Garden with the bright light. So the butterflies always will be there. But like, cause it's it's, uh, it's natural for a basketball player. As the game go by, I get I I get the butterflies out. So, Shamari, you've had your, yourself a, a really great year, I think, by most standards. Uh, is, is it as good as you thought it would be? Where were your expectations before the year started? 
Uh, to be honest, uh, I didn't expect I'd be playing like this. Like just to, just because it's college, you playing against pretty much grown men, bigger, stronger, quicker, faster. So I, I pretty much didn't expect to be doing what I was doing. But like I always just say, I could, I would never settle for less. Like I'm not satisfied. I want to be better. Who who's been the toughest matchup for you? And uh, in terms of respecting the the other guys, everybody's out there uh, looking for a little bit of their own respect. But who's kind of caught your attention about uh, the way that you have to match up with other guys? Oh, with teams or like either way, player. team wise or individual player wise, anybody surprised you? Oh, I say um, I already knew Villanova was like good defending mm-hmm. champs, but like they they surprised me because they small they're small they're not a, like a big team so they surprised me. Um, Crayon. Uh, Xavier too, but I mean it's it's tough in the Big East. So like each and every day, you just gotta go out there and play your hardest. Shamari, tell us about how you've kind of meshed really well with Marcus. You know, you're both point guards. Uh, if you look quick, it's tough to tell who is who because you're both really quick, left-handed, and can score. And a lot of times, you know, two point guards, two scoring point guards don't mix. But you guys have really come together well. I mean, basically. It was just like the stuff off the court, like us just getting building a relationship off the court, so that it gels on the court. Cause like we do a lot of things off the court, like just hang around with each other, be with each other. So, I mean, us just knowing that one player, one of one another can help each other. So, us just knowing that our chemistry is like to to the roof. Like we we always know each other out on the floor, and things of that nature. Shamari, one player in your team. That's really good. That nobody's talking about. Who is it? I mean, I think we all good. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. But is there somebody that's kind of flying under the radar that uh, you don't think anybody's talking about that should be? Uh, I mean, Bashir Ahmed, Tariq Owen. And by the way, those um, are those are two good choices because uh, Ahmed was one of the top JUCO players in the country a year ago, and he's really been a glue guy for you. And then Tariq Owens has turned out to be a tremendous shot blocker. Yeah, I pretty much say them too. But like all of us. We all good in a certain. We all help each other in a, in a certain way. St. John's freshman guard Shamari Ponds. The national perspective is next, and we catch up on the eve of the Big East tournament with the league's governor on the court and away from it as well. Fox Sports and CBS's own Bill Raftery joins us next. This week in the Big East. Coming up next, the National Perspective. St. John's University is on a mission, a mission to excel. Our students receive six Fulbright, Truman, and Marshall scholarships this year alone. A mission to explore with campuses in New York, Rome, and Paris. A mission to win with scholar-athletes who succeed on the court and on the job. A mission to do good with 170,000 alumni making a difference in the world. Catholic, Vincentian, Global. We are St. John's University. Learn more at stjohns.edu slash mission. National Perspective. Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He once was the leading scorer in New Jersey State High School history and held the record for nearly four decades. So he was okay as a player, not bad as a coach even, but basically he's beloved as a college hoop analyst, especially when it comes to the madness surrounding the month of March. The one and only Bill Raftery joins us this week in the Big East. Raft, can you believe it's been 35 years now in the Garden for the Big East Tournament? When you think about the Big East and the Garden, what's the first thing that pops into your head? 
Well, first of all, that's why I love Providence. You guys really make me sound like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> my, my ego. Uh, you know, it, this sounds like patronizing, but I, the, the stuff I remember the most were the great characters from Providence uh, that, that we would get together post-time. Uh, we used to do all the games. Uh, Lenny Berman and I did all the games at the beginning, you know, Every game, and, and you know, you, you never felt exhausted. You felt exhilarated. And I still don't know how those late hours, although painful in terms of thinking back, uh, were so long ago and so many great memories. But, uh, no, I, I, you know, the, the era of the one names is something that came, came to mind, obviously. Uh, the players, Patrick, Chris, you know, Eddie, and then the names of the coaches, you know, the two Jimmys and John and Louie and Roley. Uh, everybody knew who you were talking about, uh, but uh, you know to to maintain or regain, I guess is a better word. Uh, what the you know the realign league has done has just been, it's in my mind, incredible. I mean, a lot of people tried to beat it down uh, in terms of comments and innuendos, and uh, I guess the imprimatur was Villanova winning last year, mm-hmm. and even if they didn't win, we all knew it was a pretty good league, and they're. RPI was darn good. So, uh, you know, I think they got their second wind. Uh, they took a hit. You know, it was almost a TKO, and all of a sudden now they're contenders. Rafi, I know you've seen Villanova a lot this year. Uh, you were courtside when Chris Jenkins uh, knocked in the shot or heard round uh, Philadelphia. Uh, can they do it again? Uh, I think that's the theme going into the postseason here in the Big East. Can Villanova be a one seed and repeat, which is really, really difficult to do? Last year, if you ask me at this time, did Villanova have a shot? We'd say, ah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, the unknown is, is very difficult to to analyze. But, you know, Reynolds getting back, uh, you know, getting an extra body now, uh, they, they'll be a tough out. I mean, that that's the one thing I've seen this year, uh, and I've pretty much had anybody that was considered a potential champion, uh, they've had little runs whether it's Purdue or Arizona or UCLA or Oregon, one of those deals where I think whoever does get hot, uh, which sounds like something that I guess every sports writer and announcer would say, but I, I think this next week's important. Uh, a, if you end up getting knocked out in the first round or second round of your of your tournament, are your kids tough enough, mature enough to take those days off and really turn them into a positive? Mm-hmm. Or all of a sudden you get a little bit of a run going, a lot of confidence, and maybe you get nipped at the buzzer in the semis or final, and, and you think you've got something that kids believe in it. So I think there's so many different directions that can happen during this next week. But I think it's up for grabs, to be honest with you. I, I can't name a sure shot. Is that good, Raph, for, for college me, basketball? For me and you, it's great, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, you go into the game, I mean, a lot of people feel you got to have one runaway guy and everybody taking a shot at him. Uh, but I, I just think the unknown is, is pretty darn exciting and, and gives a lot of uh, programs, uh, kids, an opportunity to, you know, button up this next week or four or five days that they have to get ready to conference tournament and then take anybody on. All right, so from a uh, from your perspective as well, doing games, you know, for Fox, for CBS, and, and the like, what has impressed you the most about play within the league? And has any team other than Villanova stood out to you as kind of like, wow, I didn't really know that? Well, uh, you know, Butler comes to mind. None of us have ever bring their name up, right? And they, uh, 
you know, it, there's nothing overly, uh, I don't want to say it, that it's, it's, they're attractive in a basketball sense, but people just sort of overlook them because they're diligent, they're hard workers, they, they just come down and they don't overwhelm you with stars and, and high flyers, uh, but collectively they're pretty darn good. And I think the other thing that's sort of devastating the league is the loss of the two point guards is great. And Xavier, I mean, that, that's really a shame for both programs because, uh, you know, I think, I think they could have made some noise come, come conference play, yeah. uh, excuse me, come NCAA play. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that that sort of jumps out at me as one of the sad things. And Xavier has really unable with this string of losses to, to get it straightened out. So I, I think they really uh, – they need a win just to get their psyche back. Bill, I'm interested in your take on, on the two city schools, uh, Seton Hall and St. John's. I know you just saw Seton Hall uh, a few days ago, and certainly Chris Mullen has uh, St. John's pointed in the right direction with those uh, those freshman guards who you never know what they're going to do except really be exciting players. I don't think I want to play this team because they're very unpredictable. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they can score quickly. Uh, the backcourt's really a talented one. Shot selection's a problem. Defense is a problem. Uh, lulls maybe where they're not paying attention. Uh, but uh, they've got some people who can do some damage now. It's, you know, Ponce and LeBetter are pretty special. With, and rather unusual with the two lefties in the backcourt, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Tariq up front owns is a talented kid. They, 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 they're playing a lot of guys. I mean, they... Uh, you know, Federico makes some big threes the other day. You know, they, you know, you can't you can't fall asleep on them. No question about it. And Seton Hall, the inside game with Delgado is something that's it's special and it's unusual. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that doesn't need the basketball. He can go get it, and put it back up, and he's not an explosive jumper. Uh, Sunoco is big for them too, uh, being out with that ankle, and I, I'd be surprised if he plays this weekend too even though he got a few minutes the other night. So I think Carrington plays within himself and does a little more of the point guard stuff. Now, Madison Jones takes him off the hook a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but shot selection by him is key, I think. Raph, uh, we kind of feel like, you know, Josh Hart will most likely be player of the year. Uh, I think Shamari Pons has got an inside track to uh, the freshman of the year in the league. Other than those two guys, can you name two players that have sort of captured your fancy and you think kind of led their teams and maybe you're sort of riding in under the radar a little bit? You know, those are the two names that everybody talks about. No question about that. Patton, to me, is another guy that, you know, a guy who means so much to their program, a game-changer type of kid. Let's see, Marquette, nobody really jumps out a little younger. You know, Howard had that great run earlier, remember? Right. Uh, Marcus Howard. Hauser's another good young kid there. Yep. But, uh, no, I, I would stick with those two. I mean, just in terms of, uh, you know, newcomers, you can sneak Savage in there if you want to go that way. Sure. Uh, you know, those one-year guys, which is a, sort of an amazing weapon. And in his own way, Jalen Brunson, to me, has been pretty darn good, too. I think he's right. overlooked down there because of Hart. Yep. I think he's been magnificent at times. Uh, last one, Raph. I- I'm curious what, you know, sitting courtside and doing the Big East tournament uh, is for you. You know, I mean, you've done a lot of games. You go all around the country. But I think uh, Big East fans are, are pretty happy to turn on their TVs and, and hear you courtside. Well, it's nice of you, Kevin. You know, it's, it's got so much meaning uh, simply because the first two years of the league, I was able to coach in it and then develop, well, prior to that, a great relationship with Dave Gap. 
And, and to me, you know, even though Dave has passed, the memories are still deep and, and, and emotional for me because of what he's meant not only. I always uh, say that, you know, being a Catholic, I took the crucifix down and put Dave's picture up there, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, the, the, there's so much meaning in it beyond the, the, the actual game itself, you know, the Mike Trangisi's of the world that made this thing go and, and, and you know, just got ESPN to buy in and believe in it. And, uh, you know, eventually the networks, you know, CBS uh, became every Saturday or Sunday a ball game. So I think all of those things, that foundation comes to mind, you know, when I walk in. And the arena itself, as a player, I never played there. I played in the other garden and stunk that joint up, too. <laughs> and then uh, as a coach, to go play in there, was it, it was so meaningful. I mean, you just felt good. You, make sure, you made sure you had a couple of dollars in your pocket. Your suit was pressed. <laughs> Uh, so uh, there's just a lot of stuff that goes through your head. And then the game starts, and, and you see just these kids putting out and playing as hard as they can. Uh, it makes it a very special evening to rest at home. Bill Raftery, the one and only. Who's got next? Five games left of the regular season before the postseason gets started. We'll highlight those and provide some preview thoughts on next week. Coming up this week in the Big East. Coming up, who's got next this week in the Big East. Be a VIP and experience select NCAA championships the best way possible with the NCAA Experience. Packages for select championships, including the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship and Men's Final Four, can include game tickets, pregame VIP hospitality access, hotels, and much more. Official NCAA Experience ticket and hospitality packages are available now at NCAA.com slash VIP. Secure your VIP package today to experience it live. Who's got next? Savage keeps his dribble alive. Back up to Martin. Martin takes a three. Count it! Keelan Martin in fuego and the Bulldogs on an 18-0 run. Their largest lead at 11. John Rook with Kevin McNamara with you this week in the Big East. All right, Kev, here we go. All 10 teams meet Saturday. Five games to reach the end of the regular season before the Big East tournament begins next Wednesday night in New York. Seeds three through seven are at stake. Up for grabs depending on the results. Saturday, Providence at St. John's at 12 noon. Villanova at Georgetown also at 12 noon. Xavier plays at DePaul at two. Huge for the Musketeers because they've got a five-game schneid to get off of. Seton Hall at Butler at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and it wraps up with maybe the biggest game of the day. Creighton at Marquette, 2.30 Eastern time tip i don't even know where to start every game has some intrigue and an awful lot of connections heading into the big east tournament with none bigger than that creighton at marquette game uh you know both teams looking like chances for ncaa tournament up and down it's uh you know it's it's the best day of the regular season well what we know locked in nova the one butler the two xavier is seven St. John's is actually 8. Georgetown is 9. DePaul is 10. 3 through 6, that middle part is completely wide open. The only team that controls its own destiny is Creighton. Creighton, all they have to do is win. They've got the 3 spot. And, uh, you know, I'd say if you look at the bracket, you want to avoid being the 4 and 5 seed only because Villanova would be lurking there in the semifinal. So to be in that bottom bracket probably is advantageous. Blue Jays will clinch the three seed with a win at Marquette. 
uh, Golden Eagles will, along with Providence and Seton Hall, right there in the middle, not only for Big East tournament seeding, but obviously NCAA tournament repercussions as well. Marquette can win the third seed with a win and a Providence loss at St. John's. The Friars play St. John's at Madison Square Garden uh, at 12 noon. That game will be on uh, Fox Sports 2, by the way. The Friars can be as high as third if they win and Creighton loses. Which is saying something for the Friars. Imagine coming in as a third seed. Ed Cooley's team was picked ninth in the preseason. And uh, believe me, they know that they were picked ninth in the preseason. The Fox National broadcast this week as a doubleheader. Regular season champ Nova at Georgetown 12 noon, followed by Seton Hall at Butler at 2.30. If the Pirates win at Butler, they could be either four or five. If they lose... Pirates will be the six. Seton Hall has won six of eight. Uh, I'm not on the NCAA committee, but I can tell you if they win at Butler at Hinkle Fieldhouse, they're in the NCAA tournament. All right, we've got a Twitter question for you this week. It comes from Mark in Rhode Island who says, which team do you think will be the dark horse in the upcoming Big East Conference tournament? I'm going to go with Seton Hall. You know, Seton Hall uh, defending a championship here, which uh, you know I'm sure that excites guys like Desi Rodriguez and Angel Delgado and Kadeen Carrington. They've been through it before. They know what it takes to win the Big East tournament. Uh, they're a dangerous team. No one was one would would like to play an experienced team like the Pirates uh, on a big stage. I'm going to say Villanova, and I'm and I realize that's not you know uh, going out on a stretch, but I I just seem like if it comes down to Nova and Butler in that championship game, the one versus the two, I just don't see Villanova losing to Butler a third time. I'm with you there. Uh, I I think maybe Villanova could get nipped before the final. That could also happen. Very true. So I'm going to leave you with this then: pre-tournament predictions. Who wins it? Who's your dark horse candidate? You just mentioned Seton Hall. I did, but now I'm going to double talk. Uh, I, I like Villanova. <laughs> you know, I mean, they've been the best team all season long. They lost last year. I'm sure Jay Wright's going to remind his players uh, they owe us one. The the guard knows us one. The Big East owes us one. It's time for a championship. So uh, they're not going to get nipped. They're going to win the Big East tournament. Uh, I would tell you that uh, I, I think I'd go along with that, but don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if somebody emerges, if not from Wednesday uh, and the the early the first round games, Thursday's quarterfinal that you just wouldn't expect. You could see a Seton Hall, you could see a Providence, you could see uh, I don't know, maybe even a Marquette. Marquette was a, with a hot hand right now with the way that those guys shoot from outside. I could see the the Eagles playing their way into a championship final. I agree. I, I you know I can see Marquette and Providence playing in that second game on Wednesday with the right to. Match up against Villanova Ooh, in the four-five game. Ooh, I mean, it's a big-time that would, that would revenge dirty. game. You know, obviously Marquette just losing at Providence in really bizarre circumstances. I'm sure the Golden Eagles would love another shot at the Friars, and you know, whoever wins that game gets a chance at you know with at, uh, Villanova, at Villanova in yeah. the semifinal. It's you know, it, it makes for just a great week at the Garden. No question about it. We'll all know about it shortly thereafter on Saturday afternoon. Our thanks to Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman, St. John's freshman guard Shamori Pons, and the on and only Bill Raftery for joining us. Thanks also go out to the flagship stations at Providence, Butler, Creighton, and St. John's for their assistance. Our thanks to producer Kevin Collins, as always, and to the coaches and administrators at all 10 Big East member institutions. For Kevin McNamara, I'm John Rook. We've got one more show for this season next week. We will originate from New York City, the world's most famous arena, during the tournament. So we'll be back same time next week, this week in the Big East. Thanks for listening to This Week in the Big East. Special thanks to our member schools, Butler, Creighton, DePaul, Georgetown, Marquette, 
Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall, Villanova, and Xavier, as well as their athletic departments. This Week in the Big East is produced by Kevin Collins. The executive producers are John Paquette and Rick Gentile. Be sure to join us next week for the latest edition of This Week in the Big East.